thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm so pumped. I have my friend, Curry McDaniel, joining joining me. Joining me. And if this is an 8 o'clock podcast we're doing at night, so we each have a glass. Uh, I have a glass of wine. You have a cider. Should we have toast? We should. Yay! Cheers to you, Curry. Hey, I'm so excited. Well, uh, I'm going to talk about how we met, and I want you to tell a story. Okay. And I also want to say, Curry is one of the kindest people. We met and had such a great day, and I feel like connected instantly. Like, I really enjoyed your perspective and your personality right away, and mm-hmm. I love what you're doing with your life, and I can't wait for you to talk about it on this podcast. But you sent me just just as a nice have a great day kind of thing a box of cookies that were so that were handmade and decorated and I was like gosh what a sweetheart you are that is so kind just to send me cookies just to make my day yeah for me um so I've always had this idea of every single person that I meet I want to take the best thing about them and I want to take that with me Wow. Um, Whoa. Gosh, let's run through that list of what you've collected. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, So when somebody impact, okay. So the thing about it is there's so much like social media and there's so, and I just feel like people are disconnected in the times of having real authentic friends. I can't even tell you how many times I would be out in public somewhere or marketing for my own business or being at a mixer or whatever. And the first thing I do is typically go to the bar because I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm around a bunch of 19, 20-year-old girls who are just graduated from college in hospitality. And they're all six-foot gorgeous glamazons. I was like, and all they want to talk about is their hair, their lashes. And I'm like, damn, I got to be drunk to do this shit once I'm, you know, good gravy. So when I go to these events, um, I'm Facebook friends with these people. I'm Instagram friends with these people, but they don't even say hello. And I thought that that's like weird, you know, and it's just like, and then I find myself when you become 
popular, whatever that means, they then want to be your friend and they want to send you a message and they want to invite you to do things. And it's just like, no, I'm kind of the same person I was before. Nothing's changed. You know, so when I come across genuine women who have nothing, but they just bear their souls to me and show me the type of people that they are. And it's no, you wouldn't know who had $5. You wouldn't know who had $50,000. It's just, we're all here and we're showing our true selves. And so when I come across these women that truly make an impact in my life and they change something, they, they make that spark come on or that light come on for me, that needs to be celebrated. And it's not, I didn't care if anybody put a cookie on Instagram or not. I just wanted you to know like, hey, you did something for me. You touched me in a way. Everything's shitty right now with COVID and being home and being quarantined. I just want to make you smile. I just want to make you feel good because when I spent that time with you, you did that for me. And so it was literally eight women. It was um, my friend Angela Prophet, who's like a celebrity wedding planner. And Angela is just Angela to me. She was my business coach. And I won a contest with her. And we'll talk about that a little bit too. And that's kind of what started it. So all these women and people always say, well, how do you know? You know, they give me the little stink eye sometimes. They're like, how do you know her? Or how do you know her? And I'm like, well, we just spoke like regular people do, even dogs speak. And we just created a friendship. And because I always just try to be myself and not fake or phony or anything like that, we just connect on these different levels. And so for me, I was just like, nope, everybody's getting a cookie, certain women, and it's going to be toilet paper and it's going to be fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I just adore you, Curry. So tell me about your business because well first off you have an amazing and it's luxurious i don't even know if i'm saying that word correctly luxury like mm-hmm. event planning it's called curry and co events and check mm-hmm. out your instagram to everyone listening and especially if you're in nashville and if we can ever get back to hosting events again everyone needs to call you because you are so detail oriented you are so aware of who your client is and what they are wanting. I mean, I have stalked your Instagram hardcore to like, <laughs> like almost the bottom. I'm like, like you can see the the growth. So how how basically and and I've said this before. Um, I've people always like kind of wanted to know the story. Like how did I get started? And so my friend this, was. This is a big leap of faith for you. This was not your original career or job. You left no. your original job and career to go full-time into party event planning, which I love, Curry, because people who take those kind of risks, I'm like, yes, ma'am. It's scary, and it's amazing. It comes with a lot of, um, I try not to say fear, because this journey, okay, this journey has literally been life-changing. There's some things going on in my life that you would never know because I constantly will have a smile. I feel like if I got an opportunity to wake up and do this again, then you got to find the good because being in the dark place is really scary. So for me, down for me. Yeah. Tell me about it. it. So what happened is I've always loved interior design, stuff like that. I in college was like a customer service coordinator at 
marshals. So I got all the wonderful stuff off of the truck before it even hit the floor for the customers. And so I would just have this fabulous apartment as a high, as a teen, you know, as a, a someone in college, I just had this really awesome bathroom and, and duvets and matching curtains. And you, you thought, I was just fabulous. And I'm like, no, I just work at Marshall's and I know what kind of taste I like. So I always knew that it was there. And I started interning for um, interior designer in Florida, in Tallahassee. And I worked with her on doing the governor's mansion for the holidays. And then we also did private um, homes. So it's like the not so pretty stuff, like ordering tile and doing the measurements and all that stuff that people don't, it's not glamorous. It's the behind the scenes of interior design. But this is so, kind of a big deal, though, because you got that internship while you were in college. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. So that is like such a huge opportunity to really like and be at the governor's club house. Wait, you said governor's house? The governor's mansion in Tallahassee. Yeah. I mean, so you're working big events. So like in college, you're already. Yeah, and like, I was a single mom. Wow, Curry. Look, how did you yeah. do all that? <laughs> I literally, it was my son. Um, I also had, I didn't have like legal custody of my nephew, but my sister came to me one day and said, I'm going to nursing school. It's going to take everything that I have. I need some of you to be responsible for this baby. And I was like, sure. So I literally had these two little boys who were years, of, like one year apart. Um, I was working uh, at, I was working at Marshall's. I was interning. I was going to school and I worked at Victoria's Secret. So back in the day, Victoria's Secret had makeup. Remember back when Victoria's Secret yes. had makeup? Yes. So I was a, um, when you wanted to come in and, and get a quick makeover or try some different colors, I was that girl. And I also did the window displays for Victoria's Secret. Wow. Yeah. So I've been together. like all of this stuff. And then it's just like, I had a second son and I was like, I need something more stable. And I started working for the state of Florida. And one day I got... I got really, really, um, I remember, cause this is when like, when I first discovered Rascal Flats and it was like wonderful because it was like um, this emotional journey with them as I was, cause I'm just like, oh, and it was just perfect. I just wrote, for me, there's different times in my life where I connect more with music of the time or like what music I was listening to when these things happened. So I was working for the state and everybody on Capitol Hill got raises and none of the state workers did. And I was pissed about it. And I said to myself, I said, I'm going to go somewhere where I can control how much money I make, not based on who I know or how many degrees I have, but based on how hard I work. And I start putting applications out there in Nashville because my sister's here, brother-in-law, nephew, and then Houston, Texas, because that's where my mom and my oldest sister is. And Dell called me back. So I started working at Dell, like everybody in Nashville at some point has worked at Dell. So I kind of worked my way all the way from consumer sales to business sales, um, business accounts, and kind of got burnt out. And I was like really, really burnt out. So I got laid off and I had two years to kind of worth of severance to live off of to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I got into the medical field and I thought that was it for me because my mom's like, 
you need to get a job that you won't get laid off from. And I'm like, okay. She's like, you need to be a nurse like your sister. And I was like, no, I hate vomit. I can't handle that. Um, she's like, well, you should go into real estate. And I was like, no, mom, the test in Florida was hard enough. I'm not going to do the one in Tennessee. <laughs> and so she, and I said, okay, well, let me try medical. Let me do something. And did like medical billing and coding, um, did durable medical equipment, got into the rehab world. And my friend was getting married. And she says, Curry, my husband's joining the Air Force. I need to get married quick so I can be on his benefits. Um, and she's like, I need you to come over and take a look at my centerpiece. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll help, you know, have a little bit of an eye for this. And I get there and it's, I said, well, what's the black sand for? I said, who died? Yeah. She's like, no, nobody died. She's like, it's so I can bring in my black and my green. And, and at that time, I didn't even know that like plastic eucalyptus was a thing. You know what I mean? So I was like, what? So I, my sister basically said that I slapped pearls and lipstick on a pig and I created this like amazing event. And people were asking me for business cards and I was like, I'm just helping her out. So it, one day I was watching this Red Bull commercial and it was Sean White doing skate, like snowboarding. It was Lil Wayne rapping on a stage. And I said, damn it, these people get to wake up every day and do what they love. Why can't I? Amen. Amen. I was like, what is, I was like, just because I had kids doesn't mean that I have no future. Gosh, Curry. And not only just because you're kids, you're also single mom in it too. And you're saying, no way. I am not going to be held back because you can do this. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I'm so inspired by you because the amount of it energy was, that takes to do all these things is so it much. It was. And I, it was crazy. And by that time, um, my husband was in the picture Thomas, he kind of came in and he says, I don't know what we're doing, but I'm going to support you. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. So I've made a lot of mistakes. I started out in wedding planning, realized pretty quickly that I don't like wedding planning at all. What I know. Like about I had a group of uh, a sorority girls that were um, the bridesmaids and they were mean to the bride. And I was like, oh my God, yes. I was like, they were mean to the bride. And she was crying and I was crying. And I said, this is too emotional. Oh, like at the rehearsal, they were being so mean to her. Oh yes, it was deep. And I was like, girl, I can't handle this. This is too emotional. <laughs> like I'm one Lexapro from losing it myself. I can't help you, baby. You know what I mean? I was just <laughs> I'm like on the verge of having a breakdown at any moment. I can't handle it. Seriously. And I was just like, so I then went off and started working with these wonderful women and really trying to learn the floral design because I realized that's what I love the most. And people think that I love flowers because they're pretty, but honestly, the flowers is what helps me with my anxiety and my depression. Okay. Talk to me about that. Like what, um, how, where do you think it stems from? Like your anxiety and depression and how do the flowers so help? Yeah, your podcast listeners are getting an earful tonight. Hey, I love it. I, that's what it is. It's called Honest Women, Honest Talk. It, it really truly is. So the, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, I made the decision probably two days ago to get a divorce. It's, it's uh, this year would make 11 years. Um, and there's, you know, been, you know, infidelity, 
you know, for a while. Um, and I've always tried to look over it and look past it um, and tried to work on it and tried to get counseling and try to do all these things so that at the end of the day, when I looked at the boys, I would say, I literally tried everything. You know what I mean? And so when the infidelity started about five years ago, I noticed that it caused a lot of stress and anxiety on me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I started looking into different medications and trying to figure out what, cause I was having these panic attacks. I was not sleeping. Like it was just terrible. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. If, if you, you know, want me to be honest. Yeah. I don't want you to share anything you don't want to share there. So don't feel. No, I'm, okay. I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. I realized that I'm not broken. I'm not old as shit. I'm not. Yeah. You, you, but you go through all of these things. You have all these questions and you're like, you know, I'm going to be a single mom again. And this time it's with four boys and not two and, and, and all of these things. So there you're getting a lot of raw emotion from me. And so when I started dealing with the anxiety, I knew that certain things would help me. And I knew that flowers did not talk back. <laughs> They were faithful to me as long as I nurtured them and gave them what they need. And I, um, you know, uh, gave them water and took care of them and fed them. I know that they were going to be okay. And every time I do flowers, um, I always tell people, like, the people who help me or my assistants, they always get so annoyed because I play 80s music and everybody can tell what kind of mood I'm in based on what kind of music is playing, you know. And so for me, it's a lot of um, music therapy has been one of the things that have helped me with getting through life period and it's not and here I am just to go back a little bit um I'm originally from Miami Florida and everybody's like oh fabulous you're from South Beach and I'm like no you ever watched that episode of first 48 on A&E you see where that guy died my house is five houses down and they're like and you should see the look on their face sorry the baby I you're did. getting oh back. it's good it's I told I love my just keep him quiet for a little bit. Um, so my dad worked and did worked for a pharmaceutical company called Baxter. And he also did sales for A.O. Williams, which is now Primerica Financial Services. And so in this particular neighborhood in the ghetto, they were wanting to build up the community. So they built about 14 houses to try to help build the neighborhood. And my family um, was one of the ones that uh, qualified for one of those homes in the neighborhood. And so we went to school 30 minutes away from where we lived. All of my friends growing up were all Cuban, Hispanic, Dominican. Um, when I was little, I spoke fluent Spanish. <laughs> I had no choice. None of my friends, they were like all, you know, like real Hispanic. I'm talking real deal. Yeah. You know? And so um, it was just a completely different culture kind of growing up in Miami. And so my dad was very influential on what how we were as kids because we were in the middle of the hood and we were listening to Jimi Hendrix. And we were listening to the Off the Wall album. And I have a love for the cranberries that nobody would ever, <laughs> like my soul, you know, Enya, Yanni, all of this stuff that you would never think a girl from Miami. Your dad, he was all about this. Yep, my dad was something special. What he is still like? something special. Um, he is, his name is Ron, Ron Malone. Um, he's a science teacher um, and he's a department head and he went to Tulane um, and played basketball and was a gymnast and loved music. And uh, he's just, he's a, he was a great dad. I mean, he was a great dad 
Um, and it's so weird because it's like when my parents got divorced, that was not a great transition, but because of their, of how they dealt with it is why I'm able to deal with my own divorce now, the way that I am. What did you learn from them? So they were terrible. Oh my God. My parents were like, Oh, they were just not good. It was like, I'm taking this child. I'm taking this child. And then it was like, you guys were in the middle of it. Yes, it was like every man for himself because my oldest siblings were already in college. So it was literally out of sight, out of mind for them. But for me, my, my brother and I were the youngest and we were still there in Miami kind of dealing with that. So there was just um, a lot of emotion from that and seeing all the wrong ways to deal with the divorce. Do you think that's and why you're such an empathetic feeling person? Because you felt so much at such a young age? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I, there was just this moment. Um, there was just this moment where I kind of connected with God and everything changed. What was that? Now God's working on me. I'm not like a, I'm, I'm, I'm not mother Teresa. I, I will curse. You know what I mean? We're all <laughs> you know? work in progress, you know, it never ends. <laughs> Exactly. When, what was the moment like? How old were you and what was it like? Actually, it wasn't long ago. It was right before I met you. Really? All, oh, yes. I've always had a relationship with Christ, but it, but it got deep. It got deep recently. And um, financially, it was a struggle. Um, I was going through some things. Uh, I, 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 my, my, my husband slept with somebody else. I was stressed out at my job. I was going to get mad at you for, t I, I don't want you to feel like you have to air your person. No. Okay. Is it going to be okay to air yeah. this? <laughs> Let me tell you something. He has no opinion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to make like, sure that you, I don't want you to all feel like you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> You're like, Oh gosh, I told Caroline too much. No, 2020 is about living in your truth. Yeah. And I made a decision that I was no longer going to lie to myself. Okay. And I was not going to lie to others. Whatever that means, whatever falls in that category, I was going to be honest and raw and real about it because I told everybody, I said, something's weird about 2020. Everything that's going on is going to come to a head. It's so weird. And, and it did just that. And it did just that. So here I am, this girl in Miami, um, getting all of this creativity from both my mom and my dad. My dad was the musical influence. My mom was the creative person. She sang, she danced, she painted. She has the, the, the green thumb and I tell people all the time, I'm like, we have the most beautiful roses in the front of our house, but the crackheads kept stealing our roses <laughs> and they would sell them on the corner. My mom's like, I can't even have decent flowers in this neighborhood, you know, and, but those are my Miami stories. And so the combination between the both of them kind of created the woman that I am today. And so I, um, I learned how to hone in on what I was feeling um, and, and identifying who I am because for a long time I felt like I was just a mother and that was my only role. And it was like, no, Curry, you're not. I think a lot of women feel that way. It's easy. Yeah, it's that's easy what we do. Them. Yeah. We do. I mean, my oldest is 20. So 2017, nine and three. So I've been raising babies for two decades. You know, I'm yeah. tired. And, you know, so, and, but all of this 
we all just think that we're supposed to be moms and we're supposed, this is just our only role. And then I realized that, no, I can have my own life and I can have my own company and I can, and I've never really taken that company to the next limit because I've always worked full time and had the kids. So I never wanted to take more than two to three weddings. So when people go to my Instagram, they're like, oh my God, you have beautiful work. Why don't you have more followers? And I'm like, girl, when you're trying to get food on the damn table, you don't care about no followers. You're just trying to take a bath and get in the bed and, 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 you know, take your gummies, your melatonin, so you can get a full night's rest. The business owner, you learn these things. I understand that there's like analytics and all this other stuff. And I'm trying to get somebody else to help me with that stuff. There's so much to handle. There's so much to handle. And let's not forget you're raising four boys on top of it. I mean, that's enough in itself. And a needy dog. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's just, it's so much. But I said one day I, I freelance for a lot of florists when they have big weddings or they need extra hands, they call me. And so one day I was doing a wedding um, for a famous, uh, he was a football player. I think his name is Mettenberger. Um, and his fiance, his wife now, her dad used to be a coach for um, Tennessee. And I was helping my friend Alex with the flower shop and I saw, and I'm like, I think the centerpiece that they was, that was like right on their head table was like one that I had done. And I'm, and I saw it in like publication somewhere. And I'm like, nobody's ever going to know that, that my hands touch that because I'm doing it and I'm doing it under somebody else's company. And I, and I don't mind, but I said, Curry, if you want to do more girl, you got to get more weddings and you got to put yourself out there more. And so I said, okay, I'm going to cap it at six weddings this year and, and we'll see, you know, where God leads me. Um, but I've always had a passion for design and for just all things beautiful and, and luxurious. And I remember being in a car, like being in a truck and driving with um, my friend Alex, who owns the flower shop. And I said, Alex, if you can give me one piece of advice, what will it be? And she says, Curry, you need, when you find your signature style, sweetheart, the the floodgates are going to open. And I was like, what do you mean? I was taught by so many different women, different floral designs that I can do a lot of different types. You know, I but never was think a- about that because I am not in my, I don't even understand your world at all, but it makes sense. The floral world, there's so many different ways to do arrangements and to decorate yeah. a space. So, yeah. oh my God, you think, I think, oh, I'm just going to call anybody and they can give me a great floral design. No, everyone has their own way of doing they have their own niche and they have you know the boho and where you want to scale greenery all over the walls and even though that's beautiful it's kind of not my thing it my style is very classic romance i want people to look back at their wedding photos 10 years from now and say oh my god it's still elegant it's still you know um it's still relevant um this is not some trend it's not dated i have Yes, I have one time to get this right. This is not a style shoot. This isn't, you know, props. This is an actual wedding. So I take it, you know, very seriously and I get close with my brides and and it starts from a process. It starts from me looking at their Pinterest page and looking at fabrics and looking at linens and looking at polka dots and looking at all these different elements to kind of create something magical for them. I mean, I look at a piece of crystal and my life will come apart. I mean, it's just something about blush and crystal that just 
it's my life. And I'm just like, oh. So, I mean, it's, I, I love what I do. I tell people, if you're just looking to hire somebody just to throw some stuff together so you can have a florist, it's probably not going to be me. Um, I, I, I want to produce something beautiful for people. And I've had people call me and say, I love your stuff. I don't think I can afford you. And even though I do have a minimum, because, you know, you have to have a minimum in this industry, because um, I'm not going all the way to to Bill Mead for just a bouquet. No, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, you know, so we all have a minimum, but I've had people say, you know, I love your stuff and I will work with them. I'll try to get to their budget and do what they want and, and, and try to get something gorgeous. Because that means more to me for you to come to me and say, I love your stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure I can afford you. And so there's, I bless every single one of my brides. I always tell them when they book me, if you see something at your wedding that, you know, we didn't talk about, you did not pay for it. That is my gift to you. Aww. So every single wedding has a little surprise that they don't know about. And until the day of. Awesome, Curry. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Because when I got married, I was lost. I was like, where do you go? You know, it was 10 years ago that I got married. So I'm like, so we got married at that little chapel that you see when you go to Aubrey, the little white chapel on the right side. And then uh, when the Hotel Hutton first came, they had a restaurant called the 1808 Grill. Now it's called, I don't know, West End or something crazy like that. But we just got 20 of our closest family members and we um had a private dinner in the back and and i and it's i'm not sad about the situation i'm not sad about the situation um my husband is a great person and he's a great dad he sucks as a husband and that's okay and i don't question god mm-hmm. I know that things are going to be good. And like, we just had a conversation before I jumped on with you. And I was like, I want us to be okay and be there for the kids. They are our priority. We have to put whatever we have aside. And I told him, I said, I will never disrespect you. I will never fuss at you or scream at you or anything because I saw what happened with my parents and I don't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's unfortunate because I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you, but God had other plans. And I said, I love you, but I need to love me more. Yeah. Wow. So here we are. I'm doing weddings. Uh, got a call from this healthcare company out in Franklin saying, we would love to bring you on. We, we really need you. And we're going to pay you a lot. And we're going to give you a monthly stipend for your car. And I was like, sold right amen we know when it comes to weddings that it's not consistent unless you're an actual florist a brick and mortar people can come in and buy things it's not consistent so i took that job and i was with um some owners that were very not about the patients but more about the money and i caught covid you did Mm -hmm. what was it like Oh, it was horrible. I was at work. Um, I was an admissions director for skilled nursing um, and rehab slash nursing home. And uh, I started feeling very cold and very weak. And I told them, I said, I need to go. And I said, I don't feel good. And I came home. And this is when COVID first 
um, kind of came. So nobody knew nothing. Yeah. So they were saying you can go get tested here, but no, nobody knew how to test. Nobody knew where to go. They were sending you to the health department. Health department was saying, no, we don't, we're not, you got to go to the hospital. Nobody knew anything. So I had to duke it out at home. And then um, Thomas got it. Is that your husband? Yeah. So we were both sick, quarantined in this house with the kids. Who, how'd you take care of the kids? We had to take care of them with COVID. How did you do that? Uh, when you're a mom, you found the strength in your soul. What did you have to do every day? That, I can't we even imagine. Shifts. We took shifts. You know, it was like, okay, you put a bandana on your mouth. You go out there and warm up that macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you know, and uh, you put cereal out and, and it was hard because Aiden wanted to be under me. And I tell you to this day, I don't know how that baby didn't catch it. Because he wanted to be he, on his mama. He wanted to be under me. He wanted to be under dad. He, he just, and it was just, it was scary, you know, but we were in the house. We were feeling terrible. And then we uh, was feeling bad for about eight or nine days. The 10th day, we start feeling better. 11th day started feeling better. The 12th day, we both started having breathing problems. No way. And I was on an inhaler and I was struggling to breathe. And Thomas said, if your breathing gets any, if you, if it gets any worse, then I'm going to take you to the hospital. So he went to Summit Hospital um, and his test came back negative. But we believe that it was either one, a false negative or two, it was taken too early before they were able to catch it or before the test was able to um, detect it. Mm -hmm. And this is when it was all brand new, so there was nothing moving seamlessly. Like there was no, the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. Right. I, I got my results because I'm in the medical field. I know who to call and what to do. So I had to call the lady who was um, over, uh, over diseases. Okay. I can't think of it. Had to call her from Summit, had her office number. And I was like, hey, girl, hey, can I have my results? Can we have my results? You know what I mean? And so we finally, after 30 days, we were cleared. I went back to work. Um, and they were like, hey, Curry, because you were out, the marketer was, the marketer and the social worker have been covering your office since you were gone. Since he cannot go market and go to the hospitals right now, we're going to let him stay in that role until um, the end of the month. And you can help social services catch up. And I was like, fine. I was so happy to be alive. I didn't care what they asked me to do. I was like, sure. Right. Then three weeks later, they say, oh, we're going to keep him in that role. We're going to take your job away from you. Oh, and, gosh, and like, gosh, I've been here before. And they're like, we're, and, and, and he, he's not good at what he does. He doesn't know what you know. He's messing up really badly. But guess what? We want you to fix it. We want you to fix it and basically be his assistant and do all this work. And guess what else? We want to take $27,000 away from you. So then at that point, you're like, and now I'm going to go start my own business. This is the push I've been needing. At, and you ask God to give you signs. And I couldn't understand how somebody could treat me like that. When, when they made that decision, they didn't care about my kids. They didn't care about anything. They just knew um, that they wanted to get me out of the door. And I don't know why. I, I don't know. I to cut costs, honestly. That's the first thing that went to my head, but the way you that know, it was done. I just feel like businesses, sometimes it's like, it's just so hardcore in, that, in the business world, isn't it? 
I think because I'm so open and honest, I expect people to tell me the truth too. And I had to realize that everybody's not like me, Curry. They're going to take that lot of them with to the grave, you know? But in that moment, I, and I learned this from uh, Alyssa, sweet Alyssa. I learned this from her. She's the best. Yes. Um, I was angry for 20 minutes and that's all I allowed it to give me. I said, I'm just going to be angry for 20 minutes and I'm going to move on. And I was frustrated because the lack of communication and how they did me and all of this stuff, you know, I'm traveling from all the way from Lebanon to, to, to Franklin. Um, y'all could have called me. (laughs) It would have been nice, you know? Um, but it was all a part of the plan and I'm like, okay, God, I, I understand. So when you, so all of this stuff was going on, um, all of this stuff was going on and I felt uh, it was, it was getting dark. It was getting dark for a, a little bit. It's a lot to handle. It's a lot to handle. And I remember driving to work and not feeling anything. Just super numbed out. Super numbed out. Don't even know how I made it to work. Was just kind of gliding with this car on 840, like doing 80 miles per hour. Didn't know what was going on. And then this moment came over me where it was just like, um, maybe I don't need to be here. Maybe maybe and it wasn't maybe i need to be here meaning this job maybe i didn't mean to maybe i didn't need to be on earth it was scary yeah and then these clouds opened up and this light shined through like at at that moment literally not trying to cry on here (laughs) i'll probably cry with you listen but when you think about god's grace and mercy it is a beautiful thing because there's a lot of people who could not come out of that dark place, you know, and they moved to alcohol, drugs, a bunch of different things. And for me, it was like, I have these beautiful kids, you know, life is okay. It's shifting and you got to trust the plan, but you say. And that's such a good point, Curry. Sometimes in the shift, things fall and break and it gets messy and like the earth floor rearranges but then when it all settles down you have a new earth and it's like wow that is so true the shift is is so scary because it's shaking up everything we know but sometimes what we know is we need to move on from where we are and that chapter's done and the only way to get you out of it is to push you out of it Mm-hmm. He's like, I need you to go in this direction. And during that time, I literally ate my feelings away. And I was, I gained like 40, 50 pounds during this time within an eight month period at this job due to the stress and everything else that was going on. And I am so happy of where I am right now. And everybody's like, how could you be? You're starting the process of divorce. Because y'all don't understand how good God is. When you focus on him, and you focus on being a good person and a good mother and an honest business person, everything else will work itself out. We want God to write it on a sticky note and give us a heads up of what he's thinking about doing with our life, but it's not that easy. And we you know? also don't want God to mess up the plans we've already made for ourselves. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. 
helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM, let's create. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. We think, God, uh, when you cause me pain and suffering, like, that's not in my plan, so you're doing me wrong. He, like, all over the Bible, any religious thing you look at, God's always disrupting everything. I mean, everything. <laughs> everything. So every morning begins with praising Him and reading my devotional. I've done the breathing exercises that Alyssa taught. I don't sit there and ask and listen to women and not implement what they tell me. How stupid would that be really? to just sit there and have this great energy and these, these great um, uh, tricks and things that they're teaching you and you not take advantage of that. Every For the last five days, every night I've been sitting on the floor when the kids get in the bed and I've just been meditating and stretching to like the Twilight soundtrack. Oh, that's amazing. But you're relaxing your body. You're letting all of the heaviness of the world just fall off of you. And like, you're honestly like, it's like a shower for your mind. You know, you rinse a shower and you rinse off the day. It's like, if you give yourself a moment to meditate and like just slowly let it sink off of you, you can shed that layer. We don't have to wake up holding it so tightly the next morning. Correct. And I, oh, here comes little Spider-Man. Come here. (laughs) <laughs> See, I knew. oh my gosh hi spider-man <gasps> you lost your teeth oh my gosh and you can shoot out the webs yeah That's so this good. is Aiden. Yeah. he is my sweet little three-year-old he's um he is on the uh, autistic scale so he's non-verbal so yeah you got to throw that little mix into the it's like I'm telling you, I think I'm a super, I, I think I'm a, 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 I have some sort of superpower or something. Do. I don't know. To handle more than most people can handle. <sighs> it's just because everything on your plate revol- it, uh, requires a lot of energy and thought and dedication and care. Yeah. And it's like, how much space and room does one person have in their mind, body and soul to to give all this that's needed. You have so many things that are needed of you. 
When do you take time for you? Thank God you're doing that meditation at the end of the day. And that's and that's the thing that I discussed self care. Like, I'm like everybody in this house, all, everybody, including Thomas, has a haircut. Why is my hair not done? You know, it's just like those little things. And but I'm telling you, it's it's so beautiful because everything is changing. Like my friend who is so amazing, her name's Katie. I haven't told anybody yet about this, but her name's Katie. She owns Ponderosa in Time. And she is the most amazing floor designer. And her and I connected in a way that nobody else has connected before. And so I'm doing an Instagram takeover for her for 10 days. Wow. Because Katie has 117K followers or something like that. And Okay, tell us the handle so we can all follow and watch when you're doing this. It's Ponderosa in Time. In Time? In Time, like the spice. T-Y-M-E. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and I'll send, I'll tag you on that, but she is going to, I mean, Katie knows every floor designer in, in the U S and beyond. When you go to one of her floor designing classes, it's not normal. It's you're going to meet her in Ireland in some little cabin and you're foraging your own greenery. Like Katie's deep. Wow. Yeah. So what super was deep. connection? What was y'all's connection like? Um, after, so I went to this floral designing class in Maryland and I spent a couple days there and met all of these amazing floral designers and she did a, uh, a class there. And afterwards that night, everybody could go to their rooms or everything. I just sat by the fireplace downstairs, open fire pit. And Katie came and sat next to me and we started talking and we started talking about our kids and we started talking about, um, it was a spiritual connection with her. She was telling me, because I was taking some really strong medication for anxiety at that point. And so she was giving me some natural remedies and things to do so that I can get off of those type of meds, which I did, um, which was wonderful. But she was just telling me, she says, listen, it's okay to disconnect. It's okay to tell your husband and your kids, hey, I'm going to go take a walk. She said, it's okay to just walk down the street. And, and to look at the flowers and to look at the plants and to breathe. She says, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, what? That's your spiritual, that's when the moment had happened. Cause you said it happened yes. before we met at that, um, the day at, oh gosh, at Collective and Co. Yep. And when I met, I'm, I tell every, I, I was talking like Thomas and I, we still try to communicate and, and try to be, good friends and, and it's the most healthy thing to do. It's not um letting them get away with anything or not. It's I'm too grown for that. I'm gonna be 40 next year like hell. You know what I mean? Like let's yeah. let's we're okay. Just sign the paperwork when it comes. That's all I ask. <laughs> you know? But we were talking and I told him how I was so intimidated by y'all when I first got there. I was like, oh my God, everybody looks like models. Did they call each other and all say we're beige? Like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and then you looked at me and you're like girl it's okay come with me to the bathroom and I was like oh okay and then we were and you're like hang on I gotta call my husband and I gotta make sure this is the first time he's been with the baby and I'm like damn at the end of the day we're all moms we're all human we're all people we're all the same we're all the and same Alyssa calls me and checks on me all the time. Aww. Like we have third, like we have like our conversations and, and, and well, or she'll send me a message. Like 
that is somebody who is really just, she knows about what's going on with me privately because I trust her. And for some reason, and I told her the other day, like somebody was on her Instagram and she shared it and they were talking about how amazing she was. And I called her and I was like, I said, I'm kind of being stingy. I want to be your only black friend. <laughs> she was like, Curry. I was like, no, damn it. And the other girl has short curly hair too. What's going on? It can't be two of us. And she was just dying laughing. But I'm able to like have those stupid conversations with her and kind of just be myself. And she's always so kind and she's always she prays for me. And, and that's the thing. Like, I just don't want relationships with random people just because I connect with you guys. I connect with every, all, a lot of women that I meet. Um, if I know within minutes, if they're not good for me, if they're not healthy, I, if really on that. I can feel I'm, it too. A vibe. Yeah. If they're like really superficial, it's weird because I'll still give them that crazy look like, Hey, what are you doing? Do you know it's just you up in here, girl? Like yeah. Nobody else feels this way. Nobody, you know, but it was when you stopped and you prayed with us. Oh, at the beginning. I was, I've been, ha well, ever since I got pregnant and had Sunny, and I have just had so much anxiety about her life and life in general and all the chaos in the world and all the things that people struggle with and all the heartbreak and all the stuff. And just like life is so heavy and it's just like, then bring you know bringing children into the world it's just like gosh you just want them to have such a happy life and there's all this stuff that's going on and then we get in our own ways and i was just there with this group of women and we had been having a great conversation and with Alyssa and like kathy and oh my gosh the whole thing was amazing um and i was just like let's just all get let's just level it out right now let's just try to get level and like yeah. realize that we're all here and i and we all needed that and, and it just, when you listen to your inner self, like it was on point because we all needed that at that moment. And I tell people this parenting stuff does not come with a, it doesn't come with a book. It doesn't come with a guide. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm not going around acting like I'm the best mother in the world, but I'm like, damn it. Nobody's had broken bones. Nobody's been arrested. Nobody's done drugs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because where I come from, we're already statistics, you know, to have, and I mean, literally, and it's just, it's all of this has been so life-changing for a lot of people. I just went to go see my friend Summer at Please Be Seated. And Alex has a brand new, her, the flower shop moved from East Nashville because they had the tornado tore down their house and they have a new place in Belmead. And I told her, I said, um, I said, Alex, I, I, I love you, but I'm not coming out there. Really? I said, I don't feel comfortable driving in Belmead. Okay, as a me. black woman, I don't feel comfortable. Okay, break. Tell me, break that down for me. Explain to me your feelings about that. It's, if, like, there are a lot of. There's a lot of. We already know that there's a lot of white privilege. And these women and these men who think like this feel like they own the world. And if you are in their part of town and they don't know you or they feel like you're not supposed to be there, I just, I can foresee it being a problem. Even if you're not starting anything, even if you're not doing anything, it can be a problem. So you really, like this is what, the whole awareness that I'm having to the racial, racial injustice in the world right now 
is that you have to think like this. Like, I didn't know that this was a thought process that was having to go on. Oh, yes. So it's, so you really do fear where you go in, cer in certain places because you people might misinterpret why you're there. That is just crazy, Curry. Oh, and I'm in Lebanon. Do you hear me? I am in Lebanon, girl. If it, I'm in Le I'll tell you, if I go down the wrong street, there's going to be a Confederate flag somewhere, you know? And, and, and I, but I always try to come at people from a place of love. And, and, and I've seen racism in so many different ways. I get it. Um, I, I get it different ways than like my sister would because my husband is white, blonde hair, blue eyes. So it's like, I'm walking around with these babies, you know, and they're looking at me and they're looking at him. And it's, so I get racism in different types of ways. I went to Vanderbilt. I remember being pregnant and I was uh, four months pregnant with Aiden and I was bleeding profusely. And I was so scared that I was going to lose this baby. And so I'm in Vanderbilt and I drive up and I'm like, oh, this is not good. And I don't like Vanderbilt at all. I hate to say it. I mean, it's a great place to work, but I, I'm sorry, unless I'm losing both legs or arm and I got a concussion, that's the only time I want you to drop me off at Vandy. If not, send me to Centennial, you know? But because all of my paperwork and stuff with the nurse, with the doctors and the midwives were with Vanderbilt, I went to that emergency room and it was crime scene tape at the front. And I said, what have I gotten myself into? So I went and I met with the doctor and the doctor said to me, we normally don't get people like you in here. Does he mean black women? I, I said, well, what the hell does that mean? And he's like, he's like, he says, you're so articulate and you know, you obviously have some sort of medical experience because you know what you're talking about and you're just, you guys have been a pleasure. And I'm like, this mother... Yeah, that's exactly. Um, hey, Dylan, can you put on a cartoon on this on my phone for him on YouTube, please? Because he's just listening to uh, Christian music. Poor baby. He's like, I can't get off Hillsong United. <laughs> but, hey, give him the phone. <laughs> this How has it been being married to a white man? How has that been? Not not um, him as a person, but him with people's perception of you guys as a couple we have been together for so long that sometimes we don't even notice it sometimes well, that's we the way it should be that's totally the way it should be that's the way it should be um and when i met thomas i just i didn't care you know i've dated people that were italian i've dated people that were hispanic i've, I've dated black guys i don't i, I and, and i don't want to say that word i don't see race because now that means something different yeah. You could say it 10 years ago and people would get it. What does you it can't mean now? It now? Tell me what it means now in, in your thoughts. It's, you're not, you're not sensitive because you should see race. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it used to be like, I don't see race. And that means like, I love everyone equally. I'm not prejudiced, nothing like that. But now, but now it's like, but now it's saying we actually need to see race because we need to see what the black culture has had to carry and the oppression y'all have had to live through. We need to see this. We can't just be all neutral. And that's the thing. I'm confused too. Hell am I black? <laughs> I know. I get so confused because, Curry, in my heart, I, 
Like, I was having a hard time today because, like, there's just struggle after struggle after struggle and pain after pain after pain that you see in the news. And, like, there's so much hurt and injustice and terrible things happening and kids, like, uh, abused kids and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I can't handle this. Like, I can't handle this. Like, I, and I was just like, I got on my knees. What's going on with, like, Wayfair and all oh, of that? I can't. Like, I can't handle the Wayfair stuff. I'm like, that has to not be true. Like, but I'm just like. I got so on my knees and I was like, God, why are we in this broken world? Like, why? Why is it so broken? Why are we all so broken and terrible to each other? And I know there's so much good, but like, why is the bad so bad? Because there's a cleansing that's going to happen. We all know about, let me tell you something. I still have not read the book of Revelations. I am terrified to read it. My mom's like, you got to read it. I'm like, no, let ignorance is bliss. Let, let me chill for a minute, please. You know what I mean? Oh. My mom's and, and it, so, so this is the thing. And I've had this conversation with my sister and I'm giving, I'm talking to you just like I talked to her. I'm talking to you just like I would talk to Thomas or anybody um, with no filter. This world is terrible. We know it is. You have to be that little bit of ray of light. There's so much darkness that you have to be that ray of light you can protect your kids as much as you can and be in good situations and be mindful of who's around you when you're like now you got to be out you got to watch your kids at the grocery store like somebody could take your daughter and it's just all this crazy stuff you can't go outside and play like we used to you know you have to ask god to give you the strength and the knowledge to make the best decisions that you can as a mother and i told my sister i said listen i'm not on the front lines protesting downtown nashville I don't have the money for bail money. What the hell? I don't have it. I can't be away. Who's going to drop that baby off at daycare? So no, I'm not going to be down there with the sign. It doesn't mean that I'm not for the cause. It just means that I can't do that. That's not my calling, Jesus. Okay? But it means that I can sign petitions. It does mean that I can send emails. It can mean that I can call offices um, and talk to them about Breonna Taylor and, and do those things. I do what I can, okay? I can't save the world. I'm not Martin Luther King, nor do I want to be Martin Luther King. He was a great man, but I don't have that type of power. I'm just trying to keep it together in 1846 without this place falling apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like everybody has their own thing that they need. The kids have what they need. Your husband needs what he needs from you. You need what you need from yourself. You try to be a good daughter. You try to be a good friend to your friends. Everybody needs all this different attention you're, from you're you. You're doing your career that now you're running your own career. You are footing that entire operation. You have all that pressure. It's like, and then on top of it, you watch the news and there's so many things that break your heart. I'm like, I can't. Like sometimes I, I literally have these moments with God and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with all this knowledge I know that is just like terrible things happening? Because I know there's good in the world too. And I know you know that too. And we all have these sparks and everyone has them. We just have to find it. But what do we do with all this terrible knowledge? And I'm just like, and I think what you're saying is right. We have to do what we can do in our lives without sacrificing your own life. Like you can't throw this well-being of your kids away. Like you're saying, even though you support the cause, like, you can't risk the consequences of what would happen because you got to keep your boys. I'm not a 20 year old girl who lives by herself in an apartment who can rally her girls together and with some signs and go downtown and march. No, 
But you know, and that's think, how great that there are those girls out there that can do that. And, and I love can, them for that. Yeah. can be that part of the footwork. That's, this is the generation that is the generation for change. Our, fan, our, our parents, the baby boomers, they don't want to do that. They saw their families, they saw their loved ones march with Martin Luther King. They're not that, those are the, the generation of the people that will stay at a job for 60 something years and retire from that job. Then you have us, the Gen X, who have a little bit of both. We have the creativity that the millennial has and we have the passion that they have, but we also have that realistic stuff that our parents have. And we're kind of in the middle, which makes us these, I think the most amazing because we're the best of both worlds. But I leave that to the young ones. Let them do it. So Let them do it. Let, Let them be that. I will support them. But what it's just is, like. What is their vibe? What is their, what are the young ones? What their is vibe is change. Their vibe is we see what's going on. We're going to actively get off our butts and do something. And I applaud them. I applaud them and I support and I do it the way that I can without putting myself in jeopardy, without putting my family's life in jeopardy. I'm telling you, y'all don't know what it, I mean, not that I've ever been in jail before, but I'm just saying I drive by the Bell's Bondsman all the time. And I know that people got to put up 10% or whatever. The, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sit there and be arrested and have that on my record. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a freedom fighter. I fight in different ways. Um, you know, I you pray are for a freedom people. fighter, but you're not going to sacrifice. Yeah, it makes sense. Because I yeah. totally hear what you're saying. And, and, and that's what I do. I donate to where I can donate. I, I write to who I can write and take the time to send an email. And I call the offices and I do what I can. And I make my kids aware of what's going on. So my son, who is 20 years old, who is an African-American kid, who is, who feels safe in Mount Juliet because he's lived here. So all the police officers know Brian because they've all come to his basketball games or his football games. So he can drive around Mount Juliet and feel safe. But this whole time when he was away from college, people don't know he was quarantining and at his best friend's house. Cause I was like, you're not going to come out to Lebanon. Part of your education or one of the things that you have to do for your classes is to run two miles every morning and you have to take photos of it and send it to your professor because you're in this class and that's part of what they're, what one of the, you can't be running over here in Lebanon. Stand people don't know you. They're going to pull you over. Wow. So their school, part of their requirements is to actually run, but like now you're so right. Like you can't just be a black man running in a neighborhood. I mean, God, Curry, this is just crazy. This is truly how your your family, you have to live thinking of this stuff. I, when Brian was here, now he's in Knoxville. He's with his coaches. He's in his dorm room. I'm perfect. I check in with him every night. I'm happy he's back to school. When he was here and he was in Mount Juliet with his best friend, I would call him every night just to make sure. When they found that second kid hanging in um, Texas, that second black kid hanging, um, I called Brian that night and I told him what happened. And I said, I need to know that you're okay. And he's like, mom, I'm just going to Chick-fil-A in Providence. And I said, I need you to hurry up and get back to the house. And it wasn't that anything was around him going on, but there was this just deep fear after seeing that come across the newscast on my phone about the second person being found hung. And you're terrified. So God, I mean, Curry, what do we do about this? Like, what do we do? That's not even the half of it. I have to have the conversation with my, my nine-year-old who's biracial, who says, why can't both sides love me? Because I'm both sides. What do you say there? 
I said, baby, it doesn't work like that. They don't just love you because you're both sides. When you look at Dylan, you would think that Dylan's Hispanic. You're like, my kids are way lighter than me. And I mean, Cam Aiden has hair like me. So it's a little bit of a, you could tell a little bit, but with Dylan, his, his hair's like curly, you know? And I, and I told him, I said, no, he, and I said, you have to be good to people, but you have to know that there's people that don't like white people and there's people that don't like black people. And you constantly have to show them how you are a loving person. And, and you just ask God to cover you. Ask God to cover That's you. That's all you can do. You have to tell God to cover you. I tell all of my kids, I said, you guys are covered by the blood of Jesus. You know, and I know that, it, you know, people are like, my sister's like, you know, you're deep, Curry, or when did you become so deep? It's not about that. When people are dying, when your life feels like it's falling apart, when your marriage feels like it's falling apart, when your career feels like, you know, all these things are happening, you get close to God, whether you want to or not. What do you learn in those seasons? What do you take? What do you, how do you get close to God? How do you let him take over when everything's falling apart? Uh, you stop talking so you can hear his voice. You stay still. You listen. You 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 look around you and you figure out what he's trying to get you to do and you when it feels right. And I tell people that uh Frozen 2 is so much deeper than what y'all could ever imagine. I love that cartoon. And and there's a, a part in the movie where everything looks dark and dim and, and Anna says, you know, you have to do the next right thing. You just got to get up. You got to take one step. You got to get out the bed. You got to get yourself a cup of coffee. You got to get those kids up. You've got to do the next right thing. You got to keep moving, you know? So how do you do it when you're brokenhearted? Like, how are you, you just having a real talk, how are you going to navigate this next season being a single mom? Like, I, 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 my heart is with you because I know you're going to do amazing. And I know your, your children are going to thrive and you're going to thrive. But like, how do you walk into that season? You know, I know that I, sometimes I can be really cheesy, but when I'm giving Aiden a bath, I sing to him yeah. every single night. It's always a Disney song. Every single night I sing to him. With Dylan, I wake him up every single morning by tickling him. Cameron is a teenager. I work his nerves, but I always say, let me kiss you. Let me, let me just... <laughs> and with Brian, I'm just like... So what girl are you dating? Like I immerse myself in the kids and I listen to a lot of Hillsong United, a lot of Christian music. There's certain songs that just, that I, I need, you know, and I, and my heart breaks, my heart absolutely breaks for, for, for my husband because I'm like, you have a problem and you have an addiction and you need to get help mm -hmm. and you need to talk to somebody. I don't want anything bad to happen to him i don't want nothing but the best for him and i was like listen we got two big couches you take one i take one you can't have the kids over at your house and you don't have no damn couch what you doing you know what i mean so like you just you do the next right thing and god will take care of you when you're kind to people and you come from a place of love and you try to be honest and not mean and and just be good all around good god will bless you for it how do you apply that into the racial injustice in the world? You change one person at a time. 
Like, I'm like, why, and I, this is like the age-old question, like, why is it, how, how did it happen like this? How did it ever get going? How this did God allow beyond, this? Oh, this is so far beyond us that you would never even imagine. Okay. This is some stuff that's been happening on for centuries and decades and decades, and it goes all the way back, and this is deeper. This land has always been fucked up. It's always been terrible. It's, now things are coming to a head. These things have always been happening. You heard about Tupac rapping about this stuff. You heard about all of this stuff. You know, the Rodney King riots. You, I mean, I was literally in Overtown in Miami and I was a little girl when the riots there happened and I don't remember them, but my sister does and my mom remembers them. And, and all of this stuff has been going on, but now um, the way that technology is going, you can't hide anything. Everything that's done in the dark is now people are seeing it and people are being called out for their racism and they do not like it because they have been for years thinking it was okay. It was okay to stereotype. And I get that a lot. I mean, there are times when I go to jobs and I go to interviews and I'm like, I can't wear my natural hair. I have to go put a wig on because this may be too black for them. Wow. I have to, even with, even when it comes to my business, even when it comes to my business, when you look at Curry, when you hear Curry, you don't know what you're going to get. Hell, some people think that I'm an Indian man. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know? And then, so they see my pictures on my Instagram and you're like, are they not going to hire me because I'm black? Um, you know, are they not going to, I do and, and if you notice in the floral world, I have a lot of floral friends. I'm not trying to take anything from them. I'm no competition to them because it's about community over competition. I want the best for, for them. If you got your brand new studio, girl, I am so proud of you. You know how hard it is to get your own studio? You know, if you book this big, huge wedding for this celebrity, I'm so proud. Do you need help? <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you need to make this amazing? And when you try to be good to people, that's what you have to hold on to. You have to hold on to know that and, and trust that God's going to bless you for the things that you do and for the way that you are and for the way that you treat people. My next door neighbor, if you see him, you would think that he was some older racist white guy. And it's about having conversations with people. And his name's Thomas too, which is so weird. I'm like, oh yeah, my husband's name. And now me and Mr. Thomas talk every day. Just not, you know? just, he, just people aren't aware. They're not aware. They're not aware. And they thought that I was, you know, they, they think when they see a black family move in that they're automatically hoodlums or that the kids are bad or that we're going to be loud and messy and dirty. You know, any, these are all stereotypes that people believe because of what they see or they read. Like every black girl is not from love and hip hop. We're not fighting and throwing drinks on each other. I don't even watch that trash. I don't even have cable. <laughs> you know, it's like, damn, I got Netflix and Disney Plus. That's all you need. You don't need anything more than that. There's not anything more you need than that. It's like, no, we watch Jeopardy every night because we want to make sure that we're not having early signs of dementia, damn it. <laughs> like Thomas and I look at each other, we're like, we know that answer. We'll high five each other. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm okay. I'm okay with, and I know this season is going to be different. It's going to be difficult. Um, it's going to be difficult for the kids, depending on how I handle it, depending on how it's going. 
So and how so, are you, what are your intentions on handling this? How do you intend to handle it? So, I mean, I know that I'm going to move back to Mount Juliet at the beginning of the year. Um, so, and I'm, Dylan made a choice. My nine-year-old made a choice to not go to school, to do it online. And I'm like, that's fine because now you're not going to be in and out of schools with different teachers. Everything's going to be online. This, I'm taking this time to continue to focus on the business, but to also heal. I got to heal. I went through my closet today and I'm like, why do I still have my majorette jacket from high school? What is going on? Curry, you've got to let this stuff go. If you're going to move to a different season in your life, you have got to let go. And I mean that in so many different ways, like you've got to let go. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, I, I've, I've challenged myself to start walking two miles a day. You know, I've completely changed my diet because you know, I, I have ulcerative colitis and I had, I've had it for 15 years, but now with the level of stress, it makes it worse and you have flare ups and all these things. So for me, it's about being healthy on the inside and the outside and uh, repairing everything that feels broken. Wow. Is that just giving yourself time and space and just like time and space? Um, I write a lot more. Mm -hmm. I have some things that I want to say. And I just write it down. I'm not creating a book. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just writing it down. I need to write it down. I need to have checklists. I need to be prepared. I need to have the kids be prepared. Um, there are some moments where you're going to find me overthinking things. And some moments I'm just going to be like, it's fine. It will be okay. It's fine that the chicken isn't defrosted. We're not going to die. Great. You know? You can handle so much. Are you I don't tired? know. I, I feel like I'm winging it. Are you tired? Um, Are you I was. So much energy. You're just, you got it going on. I was tired in my soul. Yeah. I was tired in my soul. You ever been so tired you wanted to cry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have cried several times when I've been tired. I'm telling you, and I, and I looked at Thomas and I said, doggone it. Do you know if we could have not had these last two kids, we could be traveling the world right now? <laughs> I told him that, you know, I was like, why would I have a baby so late in life? And, and it, this is like turned into like a personal conversation. This is not even a podcast. This is just like me and you kicking it. And I love. And people, and, and everybody always asks me, like, why would you wait so late to have the other baby? And I said, because Dylan came to me one day and said, you're my mom, that's my dad, and these are my brothers, but nobody looks like me. Wow. I said, Thomas, we got to have another baby. <laughs> this baby's got to have somebody to identify with, you wow. know? Oh, I never even thought about that. God, see, this is the thing, like, all these things... I would never have even thought about. Yep. You have a lot to think about in your house. I do. And you're doing and such I, a good job. I don't know how. Oh, well, by God, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> if it's, when you think about how amazing God is, I don't understand how people do not stop where they, where they stand. This man this this god had created he created everything he parted the red sea he created light he created breath he created everything 
Why do you think he created the darkness and all the pain and the suffering? It was part of the ultimate plan. What's the ultimate plan? The ultimate plan is to, when you're done with this life, to be with him. There's some people that are not going to make it. You know, you just have to make sure that you and your family and your loved ones are going to be the ones to make it because there's going to, I mean, it's scary to know that we're getting older and we're going to have to leave our kids behind because you're like, what type of mess am I leaving them with? You know, I contemplated even having a baby because I did not want to leave him in the foolishness, you know, but you have to know that you do the best that you can as a mom. You have the kids make the best decisions. I talk to my kids. I talk to my kids. Like Brian wanted to vape. He's vaping. And I'm like, fool, you got asthma. Why would you vape? I don't have the deductible to pay for you to go to the emergency room. And he's like, mom, da, 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 da. you know, but we talk about things. We talk about it. I'm like, listen, you're going to have to be on oxygen when you get older. You're going to have to make sure you got a good policy. I hope you make it to the NFL, baby, because who else is going to push you around with, a, I'm not going to be here. Who's going to Who's going to provide you with a concentrator? Medicare may not be around when you need it. Did it work? Did, he, did you scare him out of vaping? Yeah, he's slowly, he's stopping, he's stopping, he's slowly stopping, and, and the coaches, they're coming up with him, and the staff, and, you know, all the kids, I just, I try to teach everybody what I can, and hope to God that they make the best decisions, and we talk about it as a family, and I feel so empowered and so free, because I actually sat down with my husband and told him how I felt. Good for you, Curry. I said, I want you to know that I hired a lawyer. I said, I know you think that I'm going to stay around because I've stayed the other six times. But there's a moment I cannot, I'm raising nothing but boys. I can't allow them to think that this is okay. And this is how you treat women. Yeah. I said, but I stayed this long because when I look at them and I have that conversation with my kids, I can tell them wholeheartedly, I've tried everything that I could. Mm-hmm. I fought for it. You know, I really did. I've, I've done counseling. I've done all of these things. And it just comes down to me not being enough. Me, I'm not enough for you to stop what you're doing. And that's okay, because I need to be enough for me. Well, and I've started, I've started to realize with people, people have all sorts of insecurities and um, roadblocks in their own life that really mess up the person they're with you know like people have their own little shit storm that they've been dealing with for whatever reason for so long that's yeah. created these habits and these things they do to fill some yeah. sort of void and it's just hurt people hurt people for whatever reason that brokenness that we have inside of us it can manifest and it manifests in all different ways and yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry y'all are going through this. I really am. You know I, what? I'm not. Okay. Crazy. It's I'm not. I'm okay. Because I'm like, God is about to do some things in my life. And I'm so excited to see. And so I've been, I've had hotels reach out to me um, when the hotels downtown Nashville starts getting back up and going. They want me to provide weekly florals for their lobby and for the, all the different floors when you get off the elevator. Um, I've, 
I have some of the biggest weddings to date as long as COVID doesn't ruin them. Um, I have some beautiful weddings planned at the Cordell this year, um, at uh, Reba McIntyre's place at the Cherokee Dock. I mean, and we're talking really, really nice stuff. I mean, I'm doing for this one wedding, I'm, I'm literally, it's three beautiful floral chandeliers over the dance floor. Wow. And this, this bride, she, we're doing this wonderful, beautiful, beautiful, huge arch full of greenery and white florals and these pale, I don't know if you've ever seen a pale pink hydrangea, but it is the most yummiest thing you have ever seen in your life. And, and so it's going to be beautiful. Oh, and she's walking down the aisle right at sun, at golden hour. And she wanted all these candles to light the pathway, but in, there's grass, you know, in the Cordell right out there where they do the ceremony. And I'm like, and that's the designer in me coming out. I'm like, girl, we're going to put all of these candles and we're going to sit them on marble slabs, girl. We're going to create this beautiful walkway for you. That's the stuff that gets me excited to know it's the creative juices that go in, in, in with me. Like I, like I said, I'm not here to just do anybody's event and that's it. Like I put my soul into it. I put everything into it. I make it so amazing and so special for them and my ultimate goal is to have a whole production company um and that's why curry and co events does not mention flowers in the name because god showed me that it's going to be more than floral wow i don't know how it's going to happen when it's going to happen um but some major things are going to happen in my life and 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 i know when i'm going to be ready I'm going to, I'm going to be ready. That's what I'm doing now is preparing and being ready for that. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you are so inspiring. I, I mean, you have, you're just such an inspiring woman. I want to talk to you all night, but I'm going to have to wrap <laughs> up because I'm just like, I would just talk to you forever and ever and ever. Um, I want to kind of talk back about the moment that happened because I want to talk about our story. And like when I used to, I had no idea the moment that happened right before you met us where you had your spiritual, spiritual awakening. And, um, but I had no idea that you felt those feelings coming into the conference that day. Oh, yeah. I had no idea that you were like feeling, I mean, all this, I had just had no idea because you walked in and you were so, um, fun and vivacious and you were so, caring and you just like had such a warm energy and we started talking immediately and I was just like you I would have never in a million years thought that you walked in there feeling nervous or whatever and I just think that that's Alyssa what, picked up on it she did she 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 picked up on it she was like Alyssa Wait a Rosenheck that's who we're talking about she is next level I mean man can you I was like, she's like, Curry, we got to get you to the house. We got to sit down. We got to talk. And I mean, when I say that's like a sister from another mother, like when I say absolutely love that, and she would go to bat and you would think that we were friends forever. And it's like, no, we, <laughs> but that's how she is. And she, when she genuinely connects with you, like that's how she is. She and genuinely you know, stands up for what is right all the time. Like she is all about it. That I is. love her heart. But I, it was intimidating. What I said, oh my God. How did Alyssa pick oh up on it? It was 
like everybody's skin is clear. Everybody is, I mean, I was like, did they call each other and say, girl, what are you wearing today? I'm gonna wear beige. Uh, you know? <laughs> she had this coat that reminded me of Made in Manhattan that Jennifer Lopez had yes. on. Well, that's and what I like, style is out of this world. I mean, she is just no. so awesome. But in every like, does. Do I go to the back and start doing crunches now? That's how I felt when you told me you just had a baby. I said, God damn, she got on a crap top and she just had a baby six months. I said, damn it, I'm going to the back. I'm going to do 30 crunches before I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but that's, that's. This is what everyone needs to do is just talk, though. Instead of everyone getting all like caught up in their own little worlds. That's yeah. what we did that day. We all just talked and became friends and shared talk. our hearts. We just talked. And I, t and, and I tell my kids all the time, they think I'm lying because I used to work at Hooters uh, back in Miami and they never believed it. And I had to pull out an old uniform and, and I was like, your mom used to be the shit before I had you. You know, you have that conversation with them. And, and, but you know what I said? You know what? It's okay because I rather be, I want to be pretty on the outside and in the inside. And you are Curry. And, but I have to be okay with me. Absolutely. I have to love the skin that I'm in. And that's what I'm learning to do because I feel like, and this is just being, you know, open and honest when, when you're dealing with someone who is stepping outside the marriage, you do look at yourself as if you're the blame. I can totally say Am that. Am I not skinny enough? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not, um, stylish enough am i not am i getting too old you start questioning these things but there's this light bulb that goes off this aha moment where it's like it's not you it's really them you know i was uh talking the other day um what you're saying happiness this is i think this is a book title or some sort of title but happiness is an inside job and it's a total it's totally an inside job like you're saying like beautiful on the inside and outside but it's up to you it's up to me it's up to everyone like it is up to us to be happy and we have to do the work to become that. And it's hard work a lot of the time. And you got to protect it. You've got to protect it. And nobody people. can make you happy. People can add to your happiness. Like, I mean, of course, like our children, I mean, oh my gosh, so much joy they bring to our lives and all the other feelings too, but like so much joy and love, you know, like people can add to your happiness, but if you don't have it within yourself, then no one can give it to you. No one. It's almost like, um, it's almost like I was, I had this color to me and this light about me. And then all of a sudden it just kind of went gray. And then, uh, I don't know why I reference everything to a movie or a cartoon, but it's like trolls, you know, uh, the new trolls when they, at the end of the movie, when they all kind of just lost their color and lost their music and lost their strings, all of the trolls turned gray, but they realized that the music was not coming from a string. It was already in their souls and they had the music inside them. And so when they realized that that's when their colors started coming back, and I'm just like, these are grown adult people that create these movies for kids. And these movies have meaning and they have great moments and sad moments and laughing moments. Like there's a documentary actually on behind the scenes of the making of Frozen 2 and it's on Disney Plus. And when you watch 
watch it. I mean, if you're creative, you're going to absolutely love it because it shows everything from the beginning of how these movies are made. I mean, literally, it took six years to make Frozen. Wow. They've been working, yeah. And, and, and it's like so, it's so deep, but the meaning behind the movie it's the and and I try to find joy wherever I can and if that makes me a little kid I'm telling you when I get depressed girl I go straight to the Disney store <laughs> it's that and I go I go to, to to Opry I go to the to the Disney store and then I go get the almonds you oh, know <laughs> yes and that's like my happy day is to 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 let the kids go and have a good time and buy something. And I don't care. I don't look at the price tag. I just get what you want. If it's night clothes and, and I have this addiction to coffee mugs that people don't know, but I have every single Disney coffee mug that you could possibly think of. Disney. Well, Disney makes you feel good. Disney's happy. It does. And then you got people who try to ruin it for you and tell you how dark Walt Disney was. And I'm like, damn it. If y'all don't let me have something. That's how I feel. I'm like, every good thing is getting ruined, but it's okay. Like you said, we're coming to head. We got to deal with it. It, it, Yes, but you, you just focusing on being the you that God has called you to be. And you can't get totally, totally consumed with all the pain and suffering else. We're going to be ineffective in the world. Like that's what I tell myself. If I feel so sad and broken for everything terrible that's going on in the world then what good am I because I'm not gonna use my light and my whatever I'm supposed to do however I put my love into the world I gotta put that love into the world I can't be so broken with every I agree but like it's hard I get wrapped up in my feelings for how sad the world is because it's so heavy but then I'm also like okay there's also love and I got to be a part of the love, you know, I've got to be a part of the love and like shed light where I can, but like, and you're doing it. We got to be a part of the love. And we all and guess to- what? If it's a bad day. You get a glass of wine and you say, hell, we're going to start over tomorrow. <laughs> that's all you can do. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. It's like, this day has gone to hell. I'm going to drink this wine. I'm going to take these two melatonin gummies and I am going to start the next day and 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 I know you got to go and I know we're wrapping up but you got to hold on to your joy you got to fight for that and, and 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 you have to be selfish in a little way and so when somebody calls me or when like my mom if she calls me and she wants to vent I limit what she tells me I'm like because you can't I got to protect this happiness. It's hard for me to wake up and stay happy and stay joyful. And I cannot have anybody else take that from me. And they don't understand that I'm so connected to people that I allow emotions to transfer onto me. You're so I'm very, you're an empath. Me too. I, I, I have to cut it off. I'm like, girl, if you call me every day and you miserable, that's the problem. Like, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not a therapist. You're not paying for me. You're not paying me. There's no cash shop going on. I'm not billing your insurance. I will be an ear for you to listen, but you also got to give me something. I can't give you all of me and you don't give me nothing. And every day you're calling me with, you know, so I try to protect myself in that way and hold on to my joy and my happiness. But the, the end of the day, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm winging it. I'm here. Um, You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. (laughs) 
you said joy and i actually want to talk to you about this because i've just really quickly then we've got to wrap up because otherwise we just talk forever and this is going to be like a six-part podcast but i have been hearing a lot about black joy and i actually wanted to talk to you about black joy explain to me what that means exactly for me personally it means being happy um with who you are finally being happy with your color because for years people made you feel people made us or made me feel like black wasn't beautiful and this is and i told thomas the other day i said i said i'm so happy to be black <laughs> he said what does that mean i said i'm okay i'm okay in my skin color i love who i am Hell yeah i love and I just, and I said, okay, I said, you know, next week I'll have long braids in my hair, but I'm okay. Because normally prior to this, if this was six months ago and you wanted to do this podcast with me, I would have put on a wig. I would have put on a different outfit and I would have had a full face of makeup on because I was trying to feel like I was enough. But I am enough. More than and I'm okay. And I'm okay. And it's about being happy. Yeah. And that's where the black joy comes in about embracing everything, embracing everything and being okay. You do such a great job of that. You are such a light to this world. And I think you are drop dead gorgeous on the inside <laughs> and outside. And I love your work that you are putting into this world through your events and all that it will grow to be and is continuing to grow. I appreciate your perspective and your fight for your creativity and to live the life that you want to live and that you yeah. let nothing stop you, that you still put being a mother, number one. Like I just, I admire you and moving into being a single mother. Like I admire you because I know you're going to do an amazing job and you're going to be a great example on that. And we need great, great examples. We need great examples of how to parent in every different way. And I know that you're going to be such a great example. And I just appreciate your friendship. Aww. I really do. Uh, I appreciate I, I, you talk to me and go through. Carol, I'm telling you, I just, I said, it's something special about these women. You know, I, I've, I've known Kathy Thomas for years. Um, she, I, that's, I said, Kathy, I think you wake up drinking Red Bull. I don't even know how you find, like, she's like, where does this come from? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But you want to feel empowered as a creative, like, she's the one that's going to do you. Kathy supports every crazy idea that I ever had. I can call her and be like, girl, I want you to take pictures of this. And she's like, okay, girl. You know, she's just like, lets me be me. And, and that's one thing that I love about my friendships and my relationships with, with all of you ladies is y'all just allow me to be me. You don't ever make me feel um, like I'm not enough or I'm not wanted. And, and, and the fact that you made me comfortable and you didn't even realize it. When you started with prayer, I'm, you just broke down every barrier. Do you understand? You broke down every barrier in that moment because at the end of the day, we are all children of God. 
you broke down that barrier and I felt comfortable. And I'm here looking out at the sea of women and we are all different and we are all beautiful. And they're all looking at me like I'm the shit. And they, you know how many people came to me afterwards? I was like, yeah. and I've made so many friendships and they text me and they message me and da, da, da. And I was like, what is going on? And my, and, and we're, we're gonna, we're gonna end with this. And uh, I should have stock in movies. I talk about movies a lot. <laughs> um, my oldest sister explained to me, she said, uh, The Matrix. Yeah. She says, you are Neo, but you don't know you're Neo. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're the one. And I was like, girl, that's too much pressure. I don't want to be the one. And she's like, no, you don't understand. Like, you're Neo. When what do you have to do being the one? I don't know. She just... Because I always say, oh, I'm okay at this. And, oh, I'm okay with flowers. And, oh, I'm okay with singing. And I'm okay with the." And she always says, like, no, you're not okay. You're actually really amazing. And you don't know it. She's like, I cannot wait to see when you discover that you are Neo, girl. Oh, I cannot wait to. So basically, I cannot wait to see when you discover that you are <laughs> good and worthy and amazing and have all these talents but yet you haven't let yourself see how great and worthy and talented you are but it's about to happen it's happening <laughs> i was like i'm gonna stop bullets <laughs> that's what i told her i mean you probably good i'm telling you it was just it was this moment it was like and it, what do all these other people see that i don't see you, you see it. You're starting to believe it. Like, you might not believe it all the way yet, but you're starting to grasp it. Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's an exciting adventure. I am so excited for you because I see it in you. I totally see it in you. And not only do I see it in your talent, I see it in your perseverance. I see it in your personality. I see it in the way you choose to navigate tough situations and step up yeah. to be positive. Even like how you said you give each boy a different thing to make them feel loved and cared for and happy. Like you're intentional. Yep. You are an amazing human, Curry. And I can Aww. see all the blessings you keep giving us in this in this world. And I just am grateful to have you as a friend. I wrap up always with leave your light. What do you want people to know? I want them to know that God heals and God fixes. That is my life right now. If I could sum it up into one statement, that that is it. He heals, he fixes. There's no problem too big for him. Um, you gotta believe in it. You gotta believe in it. I know faith is scary to put your trust in someone you cannot see. We're so used to touching things and, and, and wanting things to be tangible and, and um, it's there. You, you have to have faith. You, you, you literally do. And, and I remember I was teaching Thomas about faith and he's like, I don't understand. And I'm like, um, it wasn't Harrison Ford. What was the movie? Indiana Jones. When he walked across that bridge and he couldn't see it and he threw that little bit of sand and dust on it and he saw the bridge. That's faith. You can't see it. It's there. 
it, 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 but when you see it, it's like, oh, I, I get it, you know? God is love. He's going to fix all of this. He's going to fix the president. He's going to fix all the injustice. He's going to fix it. We can help along the way, but he is the one that's going to demolish it all. And everybody who is not of God, is, is it's all going to come to light and they're going to, you know, I'm, I'm not wishing any bad on anybody. I don't want that. But they have to know that when you don't do right, it's going to come back. These All these officers that are hurting people for no reason, you know, saying that you're not racist because I got, I got a black friend. I don't mean nothing. I don't mean nothing when you got your foot in somebody's damn neck. You know, we have to trust that it's going to, it's going to fix itself. It's going to be a long, tough fight, and we just have to be kind in the process. Love. It has to be love. That's it. Love heals. Curry, thank you so much for sharing your heart and soul with me. You are welcome. I appreciate you. And everyone, go check out Curry & Co. events on Instagram. and make sure. You I know. I should have been talking about the business this whole time, and I'm like... Told my whole life, but it's okay. That's it's okay. Podcast though, it's like the career and all that's like the overarching backdrop. But really, we want to get in the heart and soul of the person. You know, that's 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 the good stuff. That's me. And and don't and 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 don't follow me if y'all want to see like just boring content. Yeah, and you do really good captions too. Like your captions are very heartfelt. I copied you. I told you that in the bathroom because you do like a picture. You'll do like a word, like I don't even know what the word would be, but like, and you'll have like two pictures framing the word because like you're emphasizing what that post is about. So I started doing that with my podcast. I do microphones on either side. I'm like, new get real podcasts run by microphones, and I got that from you. Listen, I'm happy I could give you something, <laughs> and I hope that to, 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 I'm telling you, I absolutely continue to do what you do. You're not making any mistakes. You're not making any mistakes at all. You're not. You're you're doing what you can, and and you're giving. You're doing it with thoughtfulness behind it, and you're not doing it because you feel like it's the it thing to do. You're doing it because you actually give a shit, and that I appreciate. Wow. I can't even tell you, I know we got to go, but I'm not going to even tell you how many people reached out and they want you to do things because Black Lives Matter is in right now. And they're like, girl, we want to feature you. And if you didn't want to feature me before, why would you want to feature me now? Hell, I've been Black for 39 years. <laughs> like, come on, you know? And it's just like, no. Love me for me. I don't want to be on your panel and talk about racism. And I don't want to do this. No, because that's not what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a divorce from <laughs> yeah, You're dealing with your own problems. Life. 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 Yeah. I love you. Thank you so much, love. Cheers to you, Curry. And oh. thank you for coming on and just being so honest and heartfelt and sharing your heart with me. I love you lots, girl. Bye. Bye, love. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. 
If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.